We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Hi, I'm Johnny Tavner, and I'm the guest host of Refuge Freedom Stories, and I'd like to introduce you to Elle Edwards. She lives in Wales, and she's here today to share her story with us. How are you today, Elle? I am superb, Johnny. Thank you for having me today. Oh, Delighted to be here. It's a pleasure. Great to have you here. So you do a lot of podcasts yourself. You talk with people about God and different things like that. So give me some background. I know that you were raised in a Christian home. Talk to me about how you eventually came to that point in your life where you realized that you needed Jesus in your heart. Because growing up in a Christian home, I've heard from a few people with our stories. Sometimes it can be a blessing and sometimes it can be a real struggle, you know, because they don't see a need for that acceptance. So tell me about that. I actually have three versions of that story. So I prayed the prayer when I was 12 or 13. I remember sitting in a youth meeting on a Friday night and there was a very staunch Welsh preacher. He was either called Morgan Morgan or Williams Williams. Or, and he was like, do you know where you're going tonight if you die? And it was really all hellfire and brimstone. And I went home and went, oh! I often describe it as being scared out of hell when I was 12. It wasn't until my, my mid to late 20s where I actually was loved into heaven through a story which I feel really is really random, but it's part of it. So I, I've always been a curvy girl and and through a series of God incidences, ended up doing a Bible weight loss course. And the premise of this course was that God is interested in every single aspect of your life, including what goes in your mouth for the purposes of dieting. And so for the first time in my whole life, I was given this picture of, whoa, hold on a minute. God loves me just as I am. Like I was at this period in my life where on paper, I had everything I would ever want. You know, I, was, I always wanted to fall in love, get married, have kids. I had three young children. I had a husband, house, and I was miserable. I remember times where I was like, we need just this pent up anger inside and so cross. Bear in mind, I prayed the prayer. I was a Christian, mm -hmm. but I didn't talk to God. I remember sitting in church week after week saying, okay, God, I promise this week I'll read the Bible more. This week I'll pray more. But then suddenly all of us, this realization that God loved me as I am, and I didn't have to try and play pretend. It shifted everything for me and started me on this journey to where I am now. And it's like night and day, like my circumstances are still, still the same. I live in the same house. I have the same children. They're teenagers now, but married to the same long-suffering husband. But everything has changed. 
And then the third way to answer your question is about two years ago, again, series of God incidences, I started actually having conversations with God much more actively and expecting to hear from God. And, and, and that then has added a whole new dimension to what I do then with, with, with other people as well. So that's a long way to answer your question. But I think it's really important because lots of us, particularly like from Christian homes, like you alluded to, you know, we can get either become blasé to it all or just don't think it's important. And there's such a big difference to, to my mind between like scared out of hell and the loved into heaven peace and the peace that God keeps reminding me of is actually that's how he wants to be known by us I often say if every single person on this planet knew just how loved by God they are we wouldn't need to be scary in that hell we they become yes me I want that relationship too and so that's why it's really important and is a big part of the stuff that I do now and and yeah it just makes me smile every day when I get up and do things like this and to share more of it I completely understand what you're talking about you know because a lot of people don't always come from good stable homes. Oh yeah. So you said that you had that revelation that changed you from being scared to not go to hell Mm. to just embracing God and his love. So Mm. how did that tangibly map itself out in your life? Like what kind of things did you start seeing that you started to recognize God's love for you? Like it wasn't just a head thing, obviously, right? It has Mm. to be in your heart. It was definitely a a little by little piece. One piece I want to go back to before we go to that bit is the piece that, and I think it needs, for some people needs mentioning, because we we talk about God, particularly God the Father. And so some people, you know, coming through those damaged relationships, like my dad's nice, I get on with him pretty well most of the time, you know, but I'm also aware he didn't have the best relationship with his dad. And so that can be a big stumbling block for people. This picture of God as their father, you know, there's people I've spoken to in the in with the work that I do. And so I would also in, so encourage people, you know, if if as you're listening to some of these stories, whether it's this story or other stories on your podcast, I always encourage people, if it bumps up against stuff, like ask God to help you work through that. You know, because he loves you and he knows you. And so he doesn't want you to feel stuck or get hung up on that semantics. You know, he he knows your heart and he will meet you where you're at. And actually, my story with the Bible weight loss piece is evidence of that. Because since then, now I'm very much, do you know what, diet industry... That's a whole other story. But that wasn't where I was at at that moment. He met me where I was at and with what I needed. And the same is true for every single person listening as well. And it felt really important to mention that. But to go to your, your actual question, the next question, for me, it was a little by little thing. Uh, it wasn't like, yeah, yes, it was in my head, but it still took time for me to work that out. And so, for example, I'm, I've never been diagnosed with ADHD, but I probably would hit a lot of the points on the spectrum uh, and I've self-diagnosed myself. And so for me, like I'm, I'm quite scattered. I get very easily distracted by all of the new and shiny things, all of the cliches that you would think of. Right. But actually, one of the ways that God showed me he loved me is helping me see the gift in that and also helping me build systems. And so for somebody who's got ADHD to have written and published six or seven novels, for example, that those two pieces of information would not marry up. They shouldn't marry up, but they did because God helped me recognize, okay, this is who you are. This is how you're wired. Let's work with that. And so I know that sounds like a bit of a random way to feel love, but actually God is really practical. And so he doesn't having this idea, oh yeah, God loves me. Everything's fine. That's great. That's amazing. But actually if you know God loves you, but then life is just feeling like, ugh, and I don't know how 
how you're going to spell that if you ever do a transcription of this episode, but it's, I'm sure there's lots of W's and CH's in there. Um, that That's, you know, that's, that's rubbish. God doesn't want to leave you floundering. And so like one of the things that happens, well, many of the things that happen to me, but like I've already told you, I've got three children, teenagers yeah. now. I'm glad to say they've always gone to school with clean clothes. They've gone to school on time. We've never, well, we have, they moved to a big, an extension school. And since they moved to the big school, they were never late. And that's no thanks to me because I'm so scattered. Literally just this afternoon, I burnt the pasta for about the fourth time in my life. But it's about building those systems, like reminders on my phone, recognizing that, do you know what? I'm a flawed human being and I haven't got to get it right all of the time. And mm. I think recognizing my quirks and my foibles and my eccentricities and then going, okay, well, this is who I am. How do we work with that? That for me was a really big loving thing. Because for me, the reason if I'd have gone to the GP when I was in my mid twenties, they would probably have prescribed me with an antidepressant, you know, but actually I wasn't depressed or anxious or particularly stressed out. I was trying to fit into a model of who I thought I should be what it looked like to be a, a, a wife and a mum. Once I recognise, okay, well, if the creator of the universe loves me and, and can cope with me like forgetting this and getting that bit wrong, well, actually, do you know what? Maybe it's okay for me to love me and how do we walk that out and actually do day-to-day life? And so I, one of my biggest frustrations, I have many frustrations, one of my frustrations though, is how many people are walking around with a label where actually if you know God could just allow them, help them to be who he made them to be in relationship with them, we would, I'm not saying we would eradicate all mental health issues I know mental health is complicated mm-hmm. you know I have family people who I love very dearly who who need help with medication so I'm not anti-meds I'm not anti this that, and the other but at the same time there are lots of people who could have been you know who I would be now if God hadn't done that thing that he did golly 20 years ago now nearly you know I, I say he literally saved me from myself but I he did you know and I don't I don't even want to think about like where I would be and how miserable I'd probably be in the same house where I am now or I might even be divorced probably because I wouldn't have wanted to live with me who I was 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Oof. I mean, he remembers me being quite grumpy, but thankfully the kids were young enough. They don't remember. But for me, it's those little things, you know, embracing who I am and then walking that out and finding ways to, to do that in, in real life. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what comes know. to mind. <laughs> yeah, it's it certainly helps us understand, you know, your journey to acceptance with Christ. You're talking about people wearing masks, you know, essentially yeah. putting in a persona. Of, oh, totally. This is what the Christian should be like, mm. you know? like uh, suits and ties and church and different things like that. And and God really doesn't care about that. God just Mm -hmm. wants us to reflect him to the world around us. But you reminded me as well, because actually for all of us, we are who we're made to be, but we can, and we can still grow, you know? And so there's, there's a difference. One of the pieces that we're doing later in the year, what the itchy soul playground with what I do with work is we're exploring who God made us to be from the angle of the redemptive gifts. And so for example, if someone's a prophet, they tend to be very black and white. They can be quite blunt in their speech. However, a mature prophet, God helping them can actually deliver that word with kindness and love. You know, and so, so if I was going to say, oh no, you know, I'm an exhorter and I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and that's why I speak lots, but then didn't have the maturity to listen, you know, that doesn't help anybody. And there's this sort of like tension almost. Yes, God made you to be you and made me to be me and every person listening to be who he made them to be. And also we are maturing into, into his sons and daughters. And so the, and the two can go together. It's not this or this, it's this and this, which I think it can be beautiful. Uh, and we're never going to see the finished piece of it, obviously until what comes next, but if you can get to the end of the day and, and go, actually, you know, God, this was a really fun day. And I, I thank you for all the people who I got to love on your behalf today. I think that's a good day. I was, I'm just reminded as well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a question. If you've never asked God this when you're doing your, I don't know how you do your time. Like I love to journal with him. Ask him what's on your heart today. 
one mm. of the most fun open-ended questions and it fascinates me some of the stuff that he will share that I was like oh okay that was not what I was expecting to hear today <laughs> I think you're right I think we have to be open to living our lives the way God wants them to live them obviously you know in line with scripture and things like that and and living a godly life that reflects him honorably to the world right mm. but we know that God has a sense of humor we know totally. that God puts us in situations that are unexpected and asks us to do something that we wouldn't normally do and right? I after was like what what was that about you made me look like a crazy person yeah. and he said and he's like well yeah but if you're going to be crazy like that now i know you'll be crazy with all these other things as well i'm like right. okay bring it on <laughs> right. faithful in small things and make you faithful in big things right we have to i don't know it's that balance isn't it between we get excited about things and the things are on our heart are on god's heart but at the same time the key can see the big picture that we can't so it's that trust piece isn't it so it's fun <laughs> Absolutely. So how have you seen that fruit kind of bear out in the conversations that you're having with people now that you're looking at life through a, if I want to call it a freer lens, how, how are you finding that impacting people's lives that you talk to? Some people think I'm completely crazy. I'll be, <laughs> yeah. I'll be quite transparent with you. I shared something with a family member a couple of weeks ago and they were like, you know, you make you sound like a crazy person. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I can cope with that. That's fine. For the most part though, it's, it's good because so, I mean, we've got all sorts of different stories of things that people have been doing. I've got women who are buying buildings in their local town to go and create space to help other women in the town be entrepreneurs. Mm. You know, we've got people publishing books. We've got more than anything for me, what I get most excited about is when people say, thank you so much for that. As a result of that, I had this conversation with God because mm. for me, ultimately that's what it's about. I've been banging on about Yuya for a long time. I didn't come up with the word. It was in a John Ortberg book, which I read about 12 years ago. But about eight years ago, God sort of started having me explore this. It was literally this year where Holy Spirit nudged me to ask him for an acronym because he knows I love words. I said, OK. He said, Yuya is you plus intentional expectant relationship. We get so focused on who is it that God made us to be? And we could use a whole lifetime of who is it that God made me to be? But actually, if we do that exclusively from that intentional expectant relationship with our creator, we've missed the point, you know? And actually for me, so every time someone shows up and they're having those conversations with God, that's the stuff I get most excited about. Because I know the difference it's made for me and other people that we talk to. And so that, and so I can't give you specific examples without naming names and I haven't had the permission oh, to do that. But, yeah. and I know you're not asking me to do that, but for me, that's that's the most important piece. And it keeps coming back to that. Because actually, one of the things he showed me is if we did every single day, okay, God, what are we going to do today? What's this like? What does that look like? And, and do life in that relationship, you couldn't help but be you. And so the example I often give is me and my mum. My mum is very tech phobic. I burn stuff. I've told you that already. If I woke up tomorrow and said, I'm going to bake bread for every single person on my street, there's about 120 houses on my street. What do you think, Holy Spirit? What do you think? He'd be like, yeah, are you sure that's a good idea? Conversely, if my mum woke up tomorrow and said, okay, God, I'm going to build a website, he'd be like, eh, I'm not sure that's the best idea. So my point being, if we're doing the walking this out with him, we don't even really need to worry about what it means to be us because he knows that he has our hearts and that we're open to being nudged. And so that's the really exciting piece for me. And when I share with people, so I, I had, um, again, sorry, a series of God incidences, but I was started, when I started journaling with God at the start of COVID last year, that was the first way he ever had me properly be still. And it completely transformed like his and our relationship. Because finally, for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, actually listening, which is and actually learning how to listen 
but not being in this sort of like, oh, really serious kind of way, because I'm not really very good at being serious either. And so for everybody, you know, this is how I do life and you do life how you do life. God isn't confined by the boxes that we tend to think we need to put him in. And so I often share with people like the writing exercises that I started doing. If people are stuck, have never experienced hearing from God. But this talks to us in so many different ways. I went for a walk with my dog this afternoon. I was walking through a really weedy patch of fields. It shouldn't make me feel particularly whatever, you know, holy or joyful. I was so upset this overwhelming sense of, wow, is this like a tiny little picture of what like heaven's going to be like? It was because the dog was bounding through the long grass. I just felt this overwhelming sense of joy. I could almost have cried. It was just amazing. And God's in all of those moments. And so every time somebody gets a little bit of that or they ask him a question or a little bit closer, that's the stuff for me that's the most exciting more than anything. God isn't just about setting time aside with him, but, but he wants to reveal himself to us every single day. There's so much noise in the world. Mm. There's so much that tries to consume our time. And we need to kind of lay those things aside and let God minister to us in ways that we can understand and in ways that are unexpected. Definitely. Oh, I love it. And I think like he's he's speaking to us all of the time through all of those different things. I just, yeah, like one of the best, okay, God, open my senses, all of my senses to what you're doing right now. It's just, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And so for me, I guess I'm in a very privileged position because I, I get to do this sort of stuff all the time. And so I don't go out to an office, for example. And so I'm very aware of the fact that when I share these stories, I know this, you know, I remember, because I used to be a, a teacher before I had the kids. And so I also recognize, you know, when life is really busy. Uh, and so I I think the other part of that as well is to go, do you know what? God knows what real life is like. And so again, it comes back to he, he loves you. He knows you. He made you. He knows your heart. And so there are going to be times where, okay, this is just a quick arrow prayer. And oh God, I really want to talk to you right now, but help. And he can be in all of those moments. But like you're sort of saying as well, is if we start to recognize, so for example, I look out the window and I can see the weeds which are technically not, you know, they're weeds. But have you seen how much variety and amazing colour? I'm like, wow, like God is so creative. And he's in all of that stuff. And so the more that we can recognise his fingerprints, because he could have made the world black and white. He didn't have to make 250 varieties of apples. You know, he could have just made one apple or possibly two, a cooking and an eating. But no, just amazing vastness of it. He's in all of that stuff. And so the more that we can ask him to help us see him in that and just be kind to ourselves, because one of my frustrations is just how much of a hard time we'll give ourselves. Like I get busy and I get to the end of the day and like God's been nudging me. Come and sit with, sit with your notebook, sit with your notebook. I'm like, yeah, I will now, God. I just need to do this. Like I have days like that. Mm. And when I finally get to, I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, I finally got to it. It's not like he's going to go, oh, well, I've been asking you all day and you, you know, you didn't bother. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he's like, yeah, yay, daughter. I'm so glad we're together. But any whisper that you get of condemnation or oh, you should have done this sooner, mm-hmm. that's the enemy. Yeah. And the, if everything that's good and wonderful and brilliant and lovely in this world is from heaven and, and is, is, is God's stuff, then I would maintain that anything that's not is evil. And there's nothing that the enemy would love more than to stop you from having those times with God. And, and so that all of those condemnations, any of that stuff, whether it's coming from inside your own head or the enemy or stuff we've picked up through like church stuff mm-hmm. all of that stuff we need to ask god to help us to still those voices and send them away because they're not him he is love and he, he is aching to be in relationship with every single person on this planet some of the people that are listening today may not know god personally some of the people listening today will know god personally but yet still walking outside of that vibrant annoying relationship that we've been discussing today mm-hmm. so If you could say one sentence to each of those groups of people, 
What mm-hmm. would you say to them about God? Okay, so the people who don't yet know God, if we're talking about people who say they'd maybe, like I've got family members who say they don't believe in God. Yes. I'd be like, okay, explore what God it is that you don't believe in. Because I probably don't believe in that God either. One of the journeys that God took me on during lockdown was about church history, which I thought would be like, oh, really? It was amazing because he opened my eyes to how much of our, particularly our Western church tradition has been influenced by ancient Greek philosophy. Um, I think it's Aristotle, for example, this idea of God being far away, aloof, untouchable, ready to smite you and and tear you down at the same. Yeah, that's not how God wants to be known by you. The Hebrew language is a relational language. And so Genesis 17, where he says, I El Shaddai, we translate that in English as all powerful. But what it should be saying is all powerful in my love for you, all powerful in my provision for you. It's not an accident that the Bible was given to us in Hebrew, you know, that relational language. So I guess for the people who feel like they don't know, they're not really sure about this whole God, just know that he, even if you don't know about him, he knows you and there is nothing that you can do that will stop him from loving you. And so he will be loving you every moment of every second of every day. And so I would say, do you know what? Explore who this God is that you don't think you believe in and how does God really want to be known by you? Right. And as for the people who don't, they, they maybe they've done like I was, they prayed the prayer, but they haven't got that active relationship. The first thing that came to mind when you were asked with formulating your question was start with hello. Mm-hmm. Like start with hello, ask him a question because it doesn't have to be complicated. There are so many like Bible reading plans, blog posts about how to pray, all of these hoops we think we have to jump through. And yes, God is holy and almighty. I'm not saying he's not, but he's also closer than the air that you breathe. What you need to remember is he wants to do life with you. And so you don't have to use special language. Just start with hello and go from there. And okay, God, I don't know you very well, but I think I'd like to know you more. Could you help Mm. me with that, please? Mm. And he will meet you where you're at. And the more people I speak to, it always fascinates me. One of my friends, she met God through lots of very specific legal theological studying. Like I've got some basic theology under my belt, but like she goes really deep. And we talked about the um, redemptive gifts. She's a teacher without a shadow of a doubt. And and she used to come to me with questions. I'm like, oh dear God, you're going to have to help me with this one. (laughs) But that's what she needed. That's how she was wired. And God was loving where she was at and so time and time again we hear these stories of people like my dad had a dream in his mid I think it was his mid-20s and in this dream he was he woke up and realized it was him killing himself Uh, he had the same dream when he was in his I think in his early teens he said fortunately the second time he had the dream he was married to my mum who was a Christian and so she said we should probably go to church we think that probably somebody in his when he was a teenager knew Jesus and they didn't speak to him about Jesus at that time but it wasn't like God went oh well you've had the dream once you've had your chance forget it he knew my dad and he knew my dad needed something outside of the ordinary in order for him to meet God and so the same is true for everybody you know I'm not saying that that means we should rest on our laurels and go oh well if I don't get it quite right like say for example you get a nudge tomorrow to go and I don't know buy a packet of biscuits for a homeless person on the street and then when they say why you say oh this is from Jesus he loves you I'm not saying we should be heavy but whatever however you get say you get a niggle to do something but then you don't do it God will make up the difference he will send somebody else along but in the meantime that person's life is a day longer without Jesus as a result which is tragic so God can make up the difference he does make up the difference but at the same time when you get those nudges I would encourage you God helping you to follow them I know those two things are like they they can sort of play together but it's exciting he wants to do life with us like god could zap everybody with knowledge Mm -hmm. of his love but he chooses Mm -hmm. to partner with humans 
I wouldn't partner with humans if I was God. I'm like, oh, but it's a good job. No, good job I'm not God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's so true what you're saying about those quote unquote niggles, as you call them, you know, because I've, I've talked with my wife many times about, you know, I felt like I was supposed to do this today and I just didn't. And I'll tell you, the disappointment in myself for not oh. following that, because afterwards you think, hey, when I look back on that, I know that God was just kind of pointing me to do that kind of thing. But you need to remember as well that God is never disappointed in you at yes. the same time. Like, because that voice will come in. Oh, I'm just so, because we are, oh, I'm just so disappointed. Oh, God must be so disappointed. No, that's the enemy again. Yeah. You know, yeah. He wants to distance you from your relationship. When we see these whispers, you know, when you get to be a parent on a good day, like I, we can all remember the times when we get parenting <laughs> wrong, because there's loads of those times. But yeah. there's times yeah. when we do parenting well. That's a whisper and a hint of God's love. You know, every, or every time that you are felt loved by another human, that's a whisper of God's love. And so for those people who don't even recognize God yet, I would encourage you to look out for those examples of love because God is love. And the reason that we can love and experience love is because of that. The more that we can be aware of that, and it helps us to see and understand God a little bit better. Not that we're ever going to completely understand him because he's God. And I don't know about you. I wouldn't want a God that I could understand because otherwise he's not God. But at the same time, he does not want to be left out there and unknown. He wants to be known by you. And so there's whispers of love. There are little pictures of of how we can see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today, Al. I really appreciate our time together. It's been inspiring. It's been uplifting to help understand a greater view of the love that God has for us and the small steps that he takes to build that relationship with him with an open and accepting heart. Yeah, My absolute yeah. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you'll come back and, and share more about what's going on in your world. I'd love time. to. I would love to. Honestly, it's my, talking about God's love is like my favorite thing to do. It's all about love. He keeps on reminding me it's all about love. And the last thing I just want to leave you with by way of encouragement for you and your listeners is I would encourage you, anytime you find somebody or something challenging in your life, ask God to show you that person from his perspective. Because I don't know if you've read Crossroads by uh, William Paul Young. He's the guy who wrote The Shack. But there's a beautiful illustration in there, which I'm sure was given to him by Holy Spirit because he's a God, he's a person who talks to God all the time. But a picture of a bulb, like, and we'll call it a tulip. Imagine it, our life as we know it right now is that bulb in the ground. That's all we know. That's the root. But actually God sees everybody as the tulip, the flower, those glorious colors. And the more that we can ask him to help us see other people through his lens and filter life and everything through his lens of love, I think that's really important. Uh, And so that's why I get excited to have these conversations. That's great. That's awesome. Okay, well, thanks again. And uh, God bless you. And you. Can't nobody love me like Jesus. I can't nobody love me like the Lord. I can't nobody love me like Jesus. He's my Jesus.
told me to walk on home Yes, they healed my body And it told me to walk on home Well, they healed my body And it told me to walk on home Cause he's my friend the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.